Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Witglass Unfiltered. My name is Courtney Huntington. I'll be your host for this podcast. And uh, this is the first episode. I'm excited about this podcast. There's a lot to talk about in our world today, and uh, I'm excited to be part of the conversation with you. In this first episode, it's going to be short because what I want to be doing is just introducing you to Witglass, to myself, and to this podcast. Witglass is shorthand for writing in the glass, and I'm not going to go into the background exactly of uh, writing in the glass and where that name comes from. There is a little bit on the website, and over time, perhaps I'll go into it more. But um, I'll just say about that, that writing in the glass is about culture. It's about writing in this world today where so much does happen in the glass. Now, Whitglass is not fundamentally a political show. It's not political it's not fundamentally a political um, website. It's a cultural website and um, the the goal of the website is to address cultural issues that are not just political, but of course, cultural issues tend to connect to politics. And so there will be politics. There's been a lot of politics on the website over the past several months, partly because uh, there's so much political stuff taking place in American society right now. There always is, but especially with the recent presidential election and all of the hullabaloo about President Donald Trump, there is so much to talk about in the political world that is so interesting. And I am, oh, I've just been having a great time with the political scene lately, uh, particularly around Donald Trump, because I feel that most people don't actually get Donald Trump. I think a lot of Republicans don't even get Donald Trump. And I don't just mean um, establishment Republicans who are opposed to Donald Trump. They definitely don't get him. I don't even think a lot of the people who voted for Donald Trump get him. Uh, many people, I think, did vote for him as a, uh, oh, what they consider to be the lesser of two evils, not wanting to vote for Hillary Clinton. Um, the way some people voted for Hillary Clinton, thinking her to be the lesser of two evils, but not really supporting her, but just being so opposed to Donald Trump. And I, I think that many people don't get him. I think I get him a, a little better. I won't go into that. I don't mean to brag, but I, I think that I see some things there that others don't. Some of them are not good. Uh, some of them are good. And um, I think that this is a fascinating time for American society. And I think that we may be at a watershed time. Uh, we'll see. Maybe we're not quite to the peak yet. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not a, a fortune teller or a prophet. Um, but I think that this is a very, very interesting time. And I'm fascinated to see what happens the next four years perhaps the next eight years surrounding Donald Trump. Um, so I will talk about politics, 
because it's interesting. But I'll talk about politics even more, not just because it's interesting, but because of its connection to uh, cultural topics. This is not fundamentally a religious podcast or website. This is not fundamentally about art. This is not fundamentally about anything except culture. What I provide is cultural commentary. I will also provide um, what is commonly known as creative writing samples on my website. I will talk about art. I will talk about music. I will talk about um, the deeper cultural issues too, family things and stuff like that. But what I want to do is I want to take mostly a lighter hearted approach to those topics than you may find on, on some, um, some podcasts, some talk shows, some websites. My goal is to, is to look at the issues going on in our day that I'm part of and provide a voice that I believe is reasonable that is also, in my opinion, underrepresented. I think that there are a lot of people in the United States who love this country, who have what some would call traditional American values, who do not have a voice in the public media. Now, there are some people like that who could probably do a better job at this than I can. But for whatever reason, they've chosen not to. They've chosen to live their simple lives, or not so simple sometimes, out of the spotlight, taking care of their families, doing what they believe is right, uh, fulfilling what they consider to be their calling in this life, and to simply stay out of the public sphere. For a long time, I did the same thing. Um, not necessarily as well as they did it, but I, I did that. And I wondered for a long time if I would ever enter this public conversation. And it's only within the past year or so that I finally decided that now may be the time for me to lend my voice in support of the ideals that I hold dear and that I believe many other Americans hold dear. The name of this podcast is Witglass Unfiltered. The reason I call it that is that in this podcast, there is not going to be a lot of editing. You are going to get me talking to you you may occasionally get to hear some other voices on the podcast. There may be a mix of interviews and um, soliloquies, but fundamentally, this podcast is Courtney Huntington, the voice of Writing in the Glass, talking to you about issues largely unscripted, simply talking about the topics of the day, things that 
are on my mind and on my heart and talking to you without a lot of editing. I confess, I may occasionally edit this or that little tiny thing out, but my intention is to never edit out anything of substance. I'm going to repeat that because it's not just a tagline. It is my committed intent to never edit anything out of substance. Why do I think that's important? It's important to me because I believe that we spend too much time editing at the wrong times and not enough time editing at the right times. I'll explain more about that as we go along, but let me talk about editing at the wrong times. We often, and I say we broadly, it's something I try very hard to avoid. Um, And so when I say we, I mean we generally, I think that I have failed in this way in the past and I try very hard not to fail this way anymore. But we often skew the facts by what I'm going to call flagrant omissions. We leave things out. And when people talk about fake news today, the comeback from media types is often, no, I didn't tell any lies. I didn't do that. No, look, look at my reporting. Look at this, look at that. And almost always what you see, if you really look back at the record, is that they didn't tell the whole story. And that's the real problem in many cases regarding what is commonly called fake news. This morning, as I was browsing Twitter, which is one of the things that I do to educate myself culturally um, in preparation for the podcast and the website and things like that. And, And... Somebody, and I'm not remembering who right now, I can look it up for you. Maybe I'll put it in the, uh, the show notes. Um, somebody suggested that calling it fake news is actually a misnomer. That's my word, not theirs. Um, but that the idea that they were expressing is that fake news is not the right term for what we're talking about, because what we're actually talking about is um, ethical violations in reporting the news. By ethical violations, again, that's my phrase, not this other person's. I don't have it in front of me. I don't remember exactly how they said it, Um, but we're talking about a kind of intellectual fraud where people knowingly 
misrepresent the truth. And so calling it fake news is actually too kind. Fake news is a much bigger problem than just, oh, he left something out, he forgot something, ha ha ha. No, we're talking about intellectual fraud. And because of this problem of intellectual fraud and fake news, uh, in, uh, in t- intentional misrepresentation, I feel that Whitglass Unfiltered needs to be something more real, something less scripted, uh, something that allows me to present ideas without a lot of, well, filter. Now, obviously, I'm not opposed to editing. I'm not opposed to filtering. There are an awful lot of people in this world who would benefit from some very good self-filtering. They say a lot of things they shouldn't. They do a lot of things they shouldn't. And, of course, I'm guilty of that, too. Every day, I say and do things that I wish I had chosen to edit out before ever letting them escape my lips, before ever letting my feet walk that path. I think that there are a lot of Americans who long for honesty. There are a lot of Americans who long for integrity. There are a lot of Americans who long for simple, straightforward candor. A lot of Americans, I believe, try to live that way. And in their understanding of their proper callings in life, they stay out of the fray because they have a job to do or jobs and they have families to take care of. And so they, they wisely choose not to lend their voice to the public discussion. I'm sure that some listening to this would argue that uh, I should do the same. I'm not going to argue with them. They might be right. Time will tell. But even that is something that I don't want to filter out. I want to be candid enough, clear enough, honest enough, open enough about issues, cultural issues, even sometimes personal issues. That it is obvious that I am being authentic. Authentic, that's an overused word, but it does describe the concept that I desire to express. 
I want to be authentic. I want to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Now, I'm sure that I'll fail at that. Partly because there will be times when I feel that um, there are details that aren't mine to speak about. And so I, I won't be in a position to tell certain truths, even if I know them. Um, but to me, that's part of honesty, too. Uh, just honestly saying, I'm sorry, I'm not in a position to, to discuss that, or I'm not at liberty to discuss that. I think that's a beautiful, beautiful phrase, by the way. Um, when people press you on, on topics that, um, that would be a, a breach of trust that would, um, uh, you know, it, communicate ideas, uh, stories that were told to you in confidence, uh, just a, a wonderful, um, respectful yet clear way of addressing that is simply to say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not at liberty to discuss that. Now, people can take issue with that and say, wait a second, wait a sec, you don't have the right to do that. Um, and of course, if it comes out that we've made a habit of saying, I'm not at liberty to discuss that when we really are at liberty and we're just trying to get out of it, well, then guess what? We lose our authority on that subject and a lot of other subjects too. Um, when, when we demonstrate a lack of integrity, then it's only natural that people will stop trusting us. And th that's the issue that I have with um, the news reporting. I just sneezed. I don't know if you can hear that. I'm not going to edit it out if you can. Um, <clears throat> I tried to suppress it, and it was very quiet. But part of the problem with news reporting, a big, big part, is this overall lack of integrity. People who refuse to um, state their intentions in reporting. People who clearly have intentions. Uh, the Brian Williams case is a very clear uh, case to me. Uh, Dan Rather, uh, I could go on. I don't really want to get into all of that, but um, so, so, so many of our public um, mainstream media types just don't disclose. They, they don't disclose their intentions. They don't disclose their allegiances. They don't disclose their um, their alliances, uh, and, and it's very, very bad. Um, so on that note, I want to talk about advertising because I think that this is, uh, another way that, that fits with this overall idea of integrity and candor and, um, filtering that that we as, as a culture haven't really done a very good job at lately. Um, and there's so much here to talk about. I'm only going to be able to barely scratch the surface um, in, in this first episode. Uh, 
but the the idea of financial disclosures is sometimes misapplied because I don't have to disclose all of my financial um, dealings. Uh, th- those are private dealings. But if I'm selling you something, like let's say that um, that I'm going to sell you a hair care product and I go about reporting as if I'm an objective observer that XYZ hair care product has been shown to be better, blah, 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 blah. Then I'm engaging in a, in my opinion, a sort of intellectual fraud. If I tell you that I'm an objective that I'm giving you an objective report or I act like I'm giving you an objective report when in reality I'm only telling you the things, the the facts that fit with the narrative I want to communicate so that you'll buy something from me. Then, frankly, I'm prostituting myself. Now, this is a complex issue. Uh, There are a lot of people who have studied the ethics of advertising and and things like that uh, far longer than I have. Um, I think I have some some interesting thoughts to to offer. I'm not going to be able to exhaust all of the the points of view on on this subject. Uh, Perhaps I'll bring in some some experts on it at some point. To discuss it further, but I want to be very clear with you about my advertising connections. Uh, so I intend to tell you very plainly when I'm advertising something, when I'm selling something. Um, my personal commitment, both for myself and for you, is to uh, never sell a product never allow an advertiser to sell a product under my sponsorship under my uh, sponsorships the wrong word because in a sense I mean technically they would be the sponsors uh, in common parlance um, what's the word for somebody who is sponsored uh, spokesman that's not the, the term I'm trying to think of but um, under my spokesmanship so I, I don't want an advertiser to, I don't want to sell anything. I don't want an advertiser to sell anything. I don't want an advertisement to appear on any of my web pages that I can't actively say, yes, I support that. So for example, Taboola offers advertising and I'm not trying to say anything about uh, their ethical approach. I, I'm not trying to criticize them at this point. Perhaps sometime I'll get into that. But um, I, I know that Taboola looks at, um, you know, personal search history and uh, cookies and things like that and presents um, advertisement based on things you've already viewed. But if, if somebody has viewed something that I wouldn't support, 
that I wouldn't sell. And uh, Taboola were to present an advertisement like that to them. I wouldn't want to make money off of that. Um, and at a certain level, this is one of the reasons that I haven't uh, done more with writing in the glass in the past. Because this is a concept that I originally uh, designed 10 years ago. Um, but monetization has been a challenge for me because I had to wrestle with my own convictions on this. And I had other things going on in life um, that led me to decide to put this on the back shelf. Um, but one of the things that was part of that decision-making process was the question of advertising and monetization. How will I um, monetize this? Um, so I'm telling you very openly, I do intend to monetize this. Uh, and I will um, let you know how I'm going to do that. And I will ask you to support me if you find this valuable. If you want to support me, there's already a link on the website that you can go and, and offer support, uh, financial support. Um, but financial support is not the only support that I desire. I desire uh, emotional support, spiritual support, um, and other forms of personal support and uh, encouragement. And so I would appreciate those forms of uh, contribution as well. But the financial is an essential one. If, uh, if this cannot be monetized, then chances are I won't be able to do it long term. And I really do want to be able to do it long term. Um, my hope is that this will be uh, well received by a segment of the American population, even if it's a very small niche, and that, um, that I'll be able to monetize this and be a voice in this discussion, a voice of encouragement, a voice of reason, a voice of compassion, a voice of love for a long, long time to come. So here we are, nearing the end of episode one of Wit Glass Unfiltered. I very much appreciate your time. Thank you for being here today, and I look forward to being with you again very soon. Thank you. Have a great day.